Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin a two-week break from our study of Ephesians to honor the Christmas season. Let your mind imagine the picture described in Luke chapter 2, verses 1-20, through 20, the familiar portion of Scripture which takes us to the little town of Bethlehem and the quiet hills nearby. I want us to think back to centuries before that night and let the Spirit of God teach us afresh about what we celebrate under the banner of Christmas. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he unfolds today's slice of this week's message entitled, Ephratha Emanates Excellency. We at Heritage Bible Church also wish you all a merry Christ-centered Christmas. Now, when you see someone who matches all the descriptions of the birth certificate of the Messiah, doing the work of the Messiah, pretty good indication he's the Messiah. Here's another one, another essential of his work that he would do. He would glorify God. The last part of verse 4, he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Jesus always came to glorify the Father. The Father exalted him when he finished his work of redemption, his part of that for the the death on the cross. Jesus was always in perfect submission to the Father. He obeyed the Father. He glorified the Father. He did the Father's will. He was the shepherd, but only by the strength of the Father and only for the majesty of the glory of the Father. Another quote from John Verse 8, chapter 50, uh, chapter 8, verse 50, Jesus says, I do not seek my own glory. God the Father is the one who gets the glory. Now, under the influence of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes, the zealots, those Jews of Jesus' day that we've been hearing so much about in the background of the Sermon on the Mount, They were looking for a savior, but they were looking for a political savior who would deliver them from Rome. They should have been looking for a humble servant who would glorify the Father and ultimately who would lay down his life for them. That brings us to the third aspect of the work of the Messiah that Micah predicts. He's going to protect his people. Look at verses 4 and 5. He will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. My friends, that did not happen when Jesus came, but it will in his millennial kingdom. The, the, the salvation of Gentiles is predicted all through the, the Scriptures. It's from Israel, but it's not exclusive to Israel. At that time, He will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace when the Assyrian invades our land. Now, there's a little interesting tidbit. The Assyrians were not knocking on the door. It was the Babylonians. 
after the Babylonians took the northern tribes into captivity, the Assyrians bumped off the Babylonians, and guess who came for the southern kingdom? It was the Assyrians. All this stuff is perfectly, perfectly arranged and described and laid out. Now, in Micah's day, I'm not sure you could put all that together, but he says, when the Assyrian invades our land, when he tramples on our citadels, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight leaders of men. That's an idiom for we're going to have all we need to defend ourselves because this Messiah who is coming is our protector. Now, you've got to admit, from their perspective, that had to be a confusing credential of the Messiah. There were many prophecies that speak of the majesty and the worldwide kingdom of the Messiah. There's many prophecies that predict He will protect His people. There are a lot that predict His glory in His, in His reign. But then Jesus came, fulfilled all the prophecies of the time and the place and the things that He would do, but He made no physical defense of Himself, let alone His followers. As a matter of fact, He even promised them they would face persecution. Blessed are you when when men persecute you for my name's sake. If they hated me, they're going to hate you too. And I'm sending you with the glorious gospel right out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Oh, what kind of a protector of that is that? Now, much closer to the days of Micah, he probably lived to see it, The Babylonians, and then later the Assyrians, well, they did indeed defeat Israel. Where's this protection of this wonderful Savior? How is it possible for the Messiah to come and suffer and die and allow persecution to all of His followers and come and rule and conquer and reign? Well, you either need two Messiahs or... You need one Messiah who comes twice. That was one of the great mysteries of the Old Testament. Even the prophets themselves couldn't sort this out. They could see what God had said. They recorded it flawlessly, but they didn't understand. They had no hint of two separate comings of the same Savior. As a matter of fact, Peter mentions that. Over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, he says, As to this salvation that we enjoy in Christ, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, so the ones who had talked about the Savior, the one who's going to f- bring the forgiveness of your sins, they prophesied of the grace that would come to you, and they made careful searches and inquiries seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Guys like Micah, Isaiah, all the rest of them, they wrote what God gave them, and then they made careful searches and inquiries to try to figure out what it meant. Do you realize you have more information than did Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, 
Moses, all of them. We know that in Christ's first coming, he came to suffer and die. He did not come to defend an earthly kingdom or its citizens. But in his second coming, he will come to conquer and rule, and then he will guard his people from physical harm. Nobody's going to overcome his rule in those days. If you were to look back one chapter in Micah, back to Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and I, I realize we don't have enough time to, to go there, but you can go read that and you will find that Micah 4, 1 through 5, is a whole set of uh, predictions and prophecies about the kingdom that is going to come. There was to be a time when Messiah would take away all threat of war and attack, both globally and individually. But it wasn't going to happen until hundreds of years after the captivity that God promised, after a child would be born in the tiny village of Bethlehem, in the tiny region of Ephrathah, and then he would ascend to the Father, he would be gone and his kingdom building would be like this long, slow, relentless process that we are part of now, and then he will come again and all of those prophecies of that glorious kingdom will be fulfilled. So don't think that the lack of physical deliverance from harm in your life right now means that God doesn't care about you. He told you also that this life will bring trials and tribulations. He says that His followers will be victims of violence and persecution, even often to the point of martyrdom. But just wait until He comes back to set things right. What a glorious thing that's going to be. Oh, and by the way, He is your protector. He's not here to protect our borders. He's not here to, to give us unending physical life. But He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one is able to snatch them out of my hand. John 10, 27 through 29. He is your protector. And you entrust your soul to Him, the one who died, so that you don't have to be suffering the wrath of God. You entrust your soul to Him. He protects you perfectly forever. Oh, and yeah, there's also this little tidbit. When He comes to reign in His kingdom, we who are alive and belong to Him now, we get to come with Him and reign with Him. My friends, what a message. That's why I have no problem celebrating, okay, we'll use the word Christmas. It's the, it's the big deal. It's the, the birth of Christ is the fulcrum point of the, of the calendar. We have B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. What's the dividing line? Jesus came. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.